This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Ashley Brown, we continue the conversation of Mary Poppins, and we talk about goals, and we talk about her present day, what everything's looking like for her, and how she's staying positive. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Ashley Brown, and keep on keeping on. All of Mary Poppins, I'm not going to make you go through all of it. It was a whole journey. I'm curious if you could pick out one moment out of the whole experience that moved you the most, meant the most to you, whatever that means. Or you can have three. Oh. I mean, you don't have to be stuck with one. I just don't want to make you have to, you know, talk and talk and talk about it. What does anything come yeah, to no. mind? What'd you say? Does anything come to mind? Any moment? I mean, so many moments. I feel like yeah. if I could pick three, I mean, it was a life changing. I mean, it's just a part of, it's the something that happened in my life that I still, I'm like, I can't believe that was my life. You know, it right. almost is it's more than a dream come true. It was just, it's life altering and it has shaped my life forever. Do you know what I mean? It, I it's do. something that I will, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I know I'm not on the same scale as Julie Andrews. I'm not trying to say that I am, but it's like, think of all the roles she d has done right. other than Mary Poppins and how she's still Mary Poppins to so many, including me. Yeah. And I feel like that there's something about the role that there's there is that thing and so I feel like still to this day like I'm not usually living here you know in Florida with my family I'll go to the grocery store and everyone's like oh my gosh Mary Poppins and I'm like oh my gosh yes hi <laughs> or Ashley whatever trying to get some sugar <laughs> I know it's like, yeah. Yeah. and so I feel like it's just something that will always be with me and I'm very grateful for that but it is a thing it's like it's so there's roles that people play all the time and it's not a, a thing. There's, there's just the thing about Mary Poppins. And I feel so, so honored to even be in that same, you know, pool, right. but I mean, just booking the part and being, and I think, but was incredible and being able to make it my own. And I was so encouraged to kind of bring Ashley to the role and the, which felt because I mean, remember asking the creative team, like, why did you choose me? Because I knew who I was up against, like Tony Award winners and people who had done way more than me. I mean, at that point, I'd only played Belle on Broadway. Like, I hadn't right. done anything else. And I just, I was so young. And I just was like, why did you choose me? And they were like, you're the only one that came in that wasn't trying to be Julie Andrews being Mary Poppins. You came in being mm -hmm. Ashley's Mary Poppins. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the whole... It was just something that meant a lot to me because that is something else my parents instilled in me is just stay true to who you are and remember who you are and where you came from. And and because I stayed Ashley, even though I had been told no and not gotten jobs, like I didn't change who I was to try and please somebody else because I said, one day somebody's going to want just me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and if I morph myself into something that I think they might want, then I'm just going to be this like jumbled up mess of like and not be a specific thing mm. and so I was proud of myself even though I was going in for this practically perfect English nanny and obviously as you can hear I'm not any of those things <laughs> um it right. was kind of cool you know to have that come like full circle yeah and then you revisited that role as well on the tour uh mm -hmm. years later or a few years later so it's been and it's still I'm sure it's still very much a part of your life in um oh, yeah. performing Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I Feed the Birds is still one of my favorite songs. Everybody's, I mean, it's probably the song I do the most because I never get sick of it. And I think one of my all-time favorite moments was when we were in rehearsals for 
putting the show up on Broadway and Richard Sherman, um, him and his brother, Robert wrote all the music to Mary Poppins. He was in our rehearsals and he sat down and told me the, how they came about the melody for feed the birds, how the story behind it. And just so, I mean, he told me that about every song, but just specific day, it was just me and him and putting a Broadway show is super chaotic and there's a lot going on, especially when you're a title of show, like I am pulled and pushed in every direction to, cause I'm in every scene. So it's not like, Oh, well you're not called today. It's like all day, every day, right. but it was the quietness and it was just me and him in one of the rooms. And he was just talking to me about how they came up with this story and Walt Disney's reactions to some of the music and why he felt him and Robert's music continues to work and to stay so relevant. And I just remember in that moment, you know, it's easy to have hindsight, be like, oh my gosh, that moment was so special. But I remember in the moment going, oh my gosh, this is a moment I will remember forever. Like make sure I was like, be super present. I didn't want it to be an out of body experience. Cause like I said, everything was like coming at me left and right. Right. And just a moment of like, pure quiet and just i knew i would remember it forever and just i felt so honored to have that time with him was that a scheduled moment or did that just kind of it was just in the middle of everything he pulled you into a room he wanted to talk to you for a second yeah yeah he kind of just was i think he found a down moment that we could have it and i think everybody's tried to come pull me and then they saw us talking and kind of left us alone yeah it's, I really appreciate it. I'm, I have, I'm so curious about this particular moment in time. What uh, standout standouts of it? What was part of the story of writing Feed the Birds? I know, you know many people listening have seen Saving Mr. Banks, so they have more of an understanding of the background of all of that and what it means. Is there anything you guys talked about that was not necessarily included in that film or anything else that's not, you know, shared as... Uh- just how, I mean, what I thought was the most interesting is he said, you know, the reason why Robert and I write so well together is because he was kind of dark and kind of heavy and, and carried a little bit more sadness. And that, and you hear that if you listen to Feed the Birds and don't think about the meaning and or the words and you just hear the music, it's somber, it's heavy, it's... You know, it's a little like dissonant and just, and then you have Richard, who was always the lightness of the duo. He was, he's just his energy. He's, cause I got to meet both of them and his energy is lighter and he's happier and he's always genuinely just very up. Yeah. And you, the meaning of the song is extremely positive and it's a fantastic lesson of looking past what you see and, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, yeah. you know, all kind of meanings of, the bird woman and what it means to give back and how you giving affects society and how it is a ripple effect of kindness. But he, that's why if you listen to all their songs, they kind of have contradictory feelings is the music's a little, huh, and the, but the lyrics are happy. Right. And, and so that's why it kind of works and it gels and they were able to write hit after hit after hit, after hit yeah. that people still love to this day. It's not dated. No, it's yeah, it's, thing. it's yeah. timeless. The um, after after Mary Poppins and the decision to do concerts. What what was your what was your decision to go? I mean, because concerts are mostly singing. You know, it's very much away from scene work, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> what was that sure. decision for you? How did that manifest in your life? Well, I mean, I did with on the record. Then I went into Beauty and the Beast, and then Poppins. You know, I was doing eight shows a week for about seven years without a break. 
And Come I, on. which <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, woe is me. I'm, right. My life's so horrible. Um, but it was incredible. But eight shows a week, it's a lot. And I just remember after Poppins, knowing I was going to have to take a breather as Mary Poppins is, you know, so iconic just to give everybody like to cleanse their palate. Maybe I could go on and play other roles. But I mean, basically I needed a break from eight shows a week, but it's really hard to keep me off of a stage for too long. And yeah, I really, I felt a little, because I'd been playing these iconic people, I felt a little, and I was asked to do a lot like cabarets at Feinstein's or different like clubs in the city. And it made me extremely nervous. Wow. And like I, I said earlier, it's just because I didn't, I, I'm, and I always tried, I'm like, why am I nervous? Like, what about this is making me nervous? I always dissect my nerves. Yeah. Like, it's because I didn't know how to be Ashley on stage. I knew how to read a script. I knew how to play a character. I knew how to dive in and become and be in that moment. But take the costumes, the lights, the scripts away. I had kind of like, I was very nervous to just be me. I didn't know like, you know, especially with Mary Poppins where I had an accent and I kind of just completely transformed out of Ashley completely. Mm. And it was my safety net almost. I felt so, I felt more her than I felt me. I know that sounds like super weird, but no, it's but true. If you're doing it that like, much. Yeah. I felt like I could just put on her hat and I was her. Yeah. Almost like we became one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's, and so I was like, I just don't know what stories would I tell? Because I don't want to have a cabaret where I'm just like talking about my resume because ew. And <laughs> I just was like, I just got nervous. Like, what would I say? What would I sing? How would I sing? What would I sing? And it all overwhelmed me. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, obviously this is something we need to like dive into. And that's basically what I did is I kind of wanted to find out who I was on stage, talking like Ashley, singing like Ashley, dressing like Ashley and doing it that way. Mm. And I'm so happy that I did it. It was a journey for sure. Like the first few years, I was still like, whether it was symphonic or um, cabaret. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I've mastered it. And it's like, I'm so confident in my own skin. I, like I said, I can handle whatever comes at me. I have, you know, basically I run my own bit, my own like concert business where I have all of my I have a librarian who ha I have like over 40 charts and I have different packages that I can be to each symphony. I around the world, I can be like, I have an Irving Berlin show. I have a Christmas show. I have a, this show, I have a Broadway, I have a this and basically able to do and sing around the world and just be me. And it's been, and so I kind of, as at first it was kind of a, something I did until I got my next Broadway show mm -hmm. and then it, a huge passion for me. It became mm. something that was really fulfilling to me. And I did a few albums along the way. I did a, have a Christmas album, a secret of Christmas. And then I did my speak low album. And mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, I, in a way I, that it came about just wanting to find out who I was on stage. And you might've just answered this, but my next question was, is there a role you've played that's taught you the most about yourself? And I don't know if it's this cabaret you know, experience yeah. or if there's another one. I I definitely feel it's the it's the the close the symphonic world of 
teaching me about myself because I'm basically, I mean, I have my amazing management team that is like, I mean, they're like my right arm. Um, do it without um, Park Avenue artists at all because they're extremely supportive of all my crazy ideas and they support me and anything that I do and I'm super appreciative of that but as a team you know just I think just finding out how like basically I'm running my own business and setting my own rules and you know playing these massive venues and traveling all over the world just being me and it feels and I feel like that's just taught me the most about mm not only who I am as a performer, like I said, but also how to do the, like the business part of it all and how to like sell yourself and figure out exactly what you want to do. Got another one for you. Have you gotten better or how have you gotten better at asking, asking questions, asking for, you know, what you need or, you know, what requires you to do your job best? You know, when you're setting your own rules and you're running your own business, you have to do a lot of that. Anything in mind? I mean, it's something that, I mean, I've been lucky enough to see the best of the best people do it. And so it's like learning. It's like, especially when I was working with Disney and I did a lot of um, things for them, like concerts or whatever. So much is done for me and I just show up and do my thing because they are just, I mean, talk about every I dotted and every T crossed. It's unbelievable. Um, So being able to watch them, I never, I'm not one to sit back and let everybody do things for me and then just show up. It might look that way, but my eyes and ears are always open because I want to learn. Not that one day I'm going to work for Disney theatricals or anything, but you know, behind the scenes. Well, I mean, I guess never say never 2020. (laughs) Um, But you know what I'm saying? It's just, I love seeing what needs to, I think it's so refreshing for all artists to see what goes into getting all them on that stage. I don't think people realize what goes into shows. You know what I mean? Like all the pre-production and the set and the setting up and the just all of it. And so I always am so enthralled in seeing like how they accomplish it. And I tuck it away for, I'm like, Oh, well that's how they made this work. And that's how this was organized. And, and then I kind of, you know, learn as I go and I'm lucky enough to be in these situations where I'm surrounded by the best of the best where I can learn. I'm not the best at like self-promotion. It always makes me feel weird. Like the social media aspect of it all. I get a little like, "Ah," because it's a little, it it gives me a little anxiety. I have to admit. Um, but it's just, I guess, the world that we live in, you know? And so that's something to get used to. But now it's like people laugh because when I go up on, like, when I get ready for my concert stage, it's like, I know what I need in my monitors. I know what I need to hear. I know what needs to be done. I know what setting my mic needs to be on. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not like, this is what I, I mean, no. super not a diva, but I can go up and be like, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need this. Go, let's but go. But they're grateful for that. I mean, you're saving oh, time. Sure. You don't have to discover at sound check. You're like, no, 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 I promise you. <laughs> That's the setting. Yeah. We can move on. <laughs> so people, I mean, I know technicians would be very grateful for that if you're like, you just, you know what you know. So it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, I have been known sound men and women do love me because I come and I'm like, this is what I need. <laughs> Love you. And I yeah. said, and you know what I need out there and let's be best friends. <laughs> I promise I'm making your job easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, common pieces of incorrect advice that you've heard. In incorrect? Life. Yeah. In entertainment and life. That you have to be, I mean, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Do you see my eyes? I, I just know. was like, oh, Where there's so many <laughs> misinformation. Yeah. I feel like you know, I think things are changing in this aspect of being put in a box, you know, just you're the soprano ingenue, you're the the sassy belter, you're the, and you have to look like this and you have to be like that. And you, it's just like, 
our business can be so harsh when it comes to physicality. That mm. is something that has always gotten to me um, since day one, mm. because I feel it can be so unhealthy for any young person to hear that they're supposed to look a certain way when they don't. Um, I yes. think that's changing. And I feel like what makes people interesting is when they're authentic, mm. you know, it's just like, that's all this is about, you know? And I think sometimes our business gets like, they stop thinking outside of the box, literally. Um, and so thinking that you have to be a certain thing versus your authentic self is untrue. I think being authentic will get you so much further because there's only one you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, something that I wish I had been told is, you know, as actors and the crazy conservatories is, you know, they, they always tell you like, well, not everybody's going to make it. Look to your left, look to your right. Only one of you will be successful. Yeah. You know, all those things. And, and even and so many of my friends in my class at CCM are extremely successful. Mm. Does that mean they're starring on Broadway? No. Mm. That, does, that doesn't always equal success. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. I feel like it can be a mind game is, yeah, did we all go to school for musical theater? Yes. But think of all the things that you learn in that program mm. or in your programs that teach you leadership skills and teach you how to show up and be creative and make your own opportunities. And so to focus on not just one, like I'm going to be on Broadway and I'm going to be a star. There's nothing. I mean, that's my, was my train of thought for sure. But I also learned other skills along the way. And so to not view, if you didn't do what you set out to do, doesn't mean you're not successful. Mm -hmm. um, as I think another something that sometimes the conservatory is like, if you're not a Broadway star, then you failed, which is not true. <laughs> right. Wait, no. Yeah. And that's a great point because, you know, goals are what are goals. And that's, you know, like your goal is like, you know, Broadway star. Great. But you're not constantly being in Broadway shows. But is that your goal or is that not your goal? But yeah. it doesn't it's not it doesn't you know, being a Broadway star doesn't mean being on Broadway for the rest of your life or who knows, maybe you go back. You know what I mean? So it's this weird kind <laughs> of it's so flexible and flimsy that it's like, what is a goal? You know, just yeah, exactly. whatever. Just to, like, stay open to you change all the time. Yes. And like, so your dreams both are allowed to change too. It doesn't mean there's mm -hmm. failure. It just means there's a shift. And yeah. if it's almost more harmful to ignore the shift because you're trying to like, you know, make something happen. That's not supposed to be. Yeah. And it's, you know, being able to open your eyes to that. And that um, even worse part is the comparison, you know, comparing. Uh, and it's like, who really knows? Who really knows what your goals are besides you? So for me to project that onto you and be like, oh, well, she's doing, well, did she ever want to do that? <laughs> you know, it's exactly. just, you, know, you can't project it. Absolutely. You're so right. It's like comparison to others is kryptonite for anybody. On Especially that, yes, I completely agree. That completely agree. Uh, on that, on that similar vein, how do you balance achievement versus fulfillment? Are they one and the same? Have they been separate? That's a really good question. I feel like they've been the same and then they've also been separate. I feel like, I think with all of us is I, when we're really reaching for something in your mind, you're going, as soon as I get there, I'm going to be fulfilled. I'm going to be the happiest person there. I won't want for anything else in life. Right. And that's not true as we all know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's just, I mean, is there a, 
a large moment of, oh my gosh, like I remember when I got my first Broadway show and like when I graduated CCM, I did not know that was going to happen to me. Yeah. I did not know if this was going to pan out for me just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. But when I got that, I remember going, oh my gosh, I did it. I did it. And I, and same with Poppins, like, oh my gosh, I did it again. And now I'm able to originate, you know, and like all my dreams. And I was so aware of how unique those moments are. And I was aware that these aren't things that happen to everyone every day. And I knew how lucky I was. And I still to this day, like, don't take the opportunities that I get for granted. I know how blessed I am and how um, lucky that I'm able to do what I set out to do. But at the same time, you know, then you want, it's just like, then now I want the next. And then, and then, and then, and also too, it doesn't mean because you get where you, like all life things go away, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, st I was still like early twenties figuring out like how to be a grown up and how to live in New York city. And there's still like ups and downs and there's a lot of pressure at the same time to, to pull off what I pulled off. And that's something that you can't learn in school and you don't know how to prepare for. Um, but I mean, again, they were dreams that came true, but it doesn't mean it fixes all things. You know what I mean? You're still yeah. growing up. You're still, I was still in my early twenties. I was still like doing a lot of, you know, growing up all at the same time. Yeah. And so I don't feel like, you know, but again, my things have changed. I now have a child. I now have a family. And, you know, back then I was single Sally, just like very focused on my career and, and now, you know, then I got to a place where I wanted to share my life with somebody and I wanted to, but for a while I didn't. <laughs> I'm <gonna be> honest. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> we love honesty here I at really, Unitunix. I really was good, you yeah. know, just being single and focused and yeah. not that you can't have a partner and be focused, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like you being more and fulfilling like personal achievement, which I always wanted to have a family. And so right. I think it's kind of, you know, I think it go. It's. I think it changes whether you know fulfillment is achievement. But I definitely think for the like majority, I bet I feel like they're one and the same. Yeah, yeah. Are there changes you've made in your life that have increased positivity and decreased negativity? Um, I guess just. I mean, this year it's hard to say. With this year, man, oof. <laughs> right. I mean, I think what this year I'm sure has taught a lot of people is, you know, that who like nobody would have ever been able to predict that the entertainment industry would go away. Right. Like, and, like for my whole, for all of our lives, I guess I'm just telling my story. So I'm not saying it as if I'm the only person experiencing this because that's not what I'm saying. Right. But for my personal, it's like if I wasn't on Broadway, I would be doing concerts. And if, if I didn't, if I only had a few, you know, U.S. concerts booked, I would go to Hong Kong or I would go to Japan or I would go to London or there's always place for me to do my thing. What, you know, and now the feeling of I cannot even get on a plane to fly, even if I could get on a plane, but a private plane, I still right. cannot fly anywhere to do what I do. Right. That's a really weird thing. And that's never, I mean, I've never gone this long without performing. And I know, again, like I said, I'm one in a million feeling this way. Yeah. And so I never in a million years thought that, that I would never be able to do what I do. And it's been extremely eye-opening. I kind of went through the stages of grief almost, you yeah. know, where it's like first you're in shock, then you're sad, then you're mad, then you're sad again, and then you accept that this is the new normal for now. Mm -hmm. 
and you kind of go, you know what, but I have, I'm healthy. My husband's healthy. Our four-year-old is healthy and so happy. Like both of her parents are home all the time. Like she's like probably the happiest person in 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's going to go through. Traveling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Second, my mom's not yeah. doing eight shows a week. My mom's not traveling. My dad's not at the office. You know, it's like she's living her best life. I know. Um, but it's just like in the, the decision for us to come down and stay in Florida near my family is mm-hmm. it's just taught me the that what's most important. I don't want to sound like a Hallmark card, but I really do feel mm-hmm. this way that, you know, it's made everybody kind of stop and realize that you so everything was taken away. All of our jobs, well, in our case, right. my husband's a market, so he hasn't skipped a beat, thank the Lord. But, you know, he's still not going to his office. And he, his, he's, um, he works in with a company called Diageo, that, and their offices are in the Freedom Tower okay. um, in New York. So yeah. he's not able to go to the office, but he's able to work from home. And but So just being able to, like, simplify our lives again and just be and not have to worry about, you know when we have to leave for the airport and yeah. you know, who's getting our baby from school and where our nanny is and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of just everything slowed down and we're able to enjoy each other and be with Emmeline, be with our daughter and be, I'm with my parents and all my siblings right now. And you know, my parents are getting older and like being able to be with them and celebrate. It's like all those kind of things that would kind of, we would be flying in and flying out because everything's so crazy yeah. and just the, and so I'm enjoying the stillness. And so in a way, I guess I answered your story or your question in a long story, but I guess that's how I found positivity. It's a journey, yeah. especially that it's kind of like, it was very negative and there's so much about it. that's still negative, but being able to rise above that and be like, but look what we've gotten to do that we would not have gotten to do yeah. if, you know, it's beautiful. If, thank you. Thank you as well for sharing that because it's so true. And I've realized that as well. It's not about adding that makes you happy. It's about subtracting. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so true. It's like take stuff out. It's so true. And you're happier. You know, it's like a simpler life. It's a, it's just an interesting thing to experience by force. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Um, do you have any most gifted books or favorite books or any books that come to mind that you love? Well, right now I feel like my books are, you know, all four-year-old Emmeline driven. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like since the day she was born, I have probably not sat down and read a book. It's been a hot second. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm going to be completely please, <laughs> please, 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 please. I, actually, I have to say, the last book I read that I loved, actually, I take this back. Untamed. Okay. Yeah. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. Oh, it's good. So good. Untamed. So good. No, it's good. And you know what? It's I ask this question because really, for selfish reasons, I'm always motivating myself to read more. <laughs> you know, and we all have it's yeah. like the a daily practice, right? To do something that you're not doing every day. And, and reading, I think, is a fantastic gift to, oh, you know, I miss I should it. be doing it more. So it's thank you. I feel it. like I have I feel like I have one more year before I can like I think I can start reading a book again. Yeah. Where she's I feel like five maybe they start getting a little bit more independent right uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no i i please I've heard that yeah, I know you're like lord please no <laughs> uh this has been such a great great conversation i really appreciate you taking this time the final question for you uh before we we end it here metaphorically speaking if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see does anything come to mind hope 
I feel, especially this year, and I think just in general, I think is just that is to stay hopeful. I think that's the most heartbreaking thing is when I see people losing hope Mm. that we're going to find a new normal that our society will, you know, be able to jump back from this and whether I don't think it'll be exactly what it was. And I think that's something to mourn for sure. But we will find a new way. I think it's take patience and I think it's going to take some more time. I don't think it's going to pop back on January 1st like everybody's thinking. Right, right. But I think the saddest, what makes me the most sad and what I hope doesn't happen is that people lose hope because if you lose a hope, then you everyone stops trying and everybody stops believing that there will be a new normal and that we will be back and that, you know, all the friction within our society I'm hopeful that it will resolve itself and not, you know, become something worse, you know, that mm-hmm. we're all nervous about. And I think is, I guess, hope, I guess, is probably my biggest thing on my heart right now is I want to, I want to stay hopeful. I mean, yeah. that's, I have to work on too, because sometimes when you read the news and are on social, you know, it's like, it's so like, I have to take a break. It's <laughs> all too much much. and it's all negative and it's all you know it's all it's all too much and i think it's all and i think it causes so much anxiety with everybody Mm. and it makes i mean it's like everybody sees all these things and you're like well like why would i stay hopeful i mean it seems like such a like a hill like a big hill in front of us that it's going to take forever to climb and i just hope people stay hopeful and just we can start walking up the hill all together one step at a time. Amen and amen. I really appreciate this. I really appreciate you. Thank you for taking this time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Ashley Brown. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.